Hey, welcome to Just Ask Rethinking Development with Greg Jeffrey from Catholic Development Group and Brian Wilburn from the North Dakota State University St. Paul's Newman Center. You know, we get asked uh, a lot of different questions, and one of them that comes up quite frequently we're going to deal with today, and that is when you're doing a capital campaign and you know you've got to raise several million dollars and you're going out to visit with somebody, how do you know how much to ask for? Brian, that's our topic for today. How much How much should I ask? That's That comes up all the time. Do you ever get this, Greg? So somebody comes up to you and they're like, you're fundraiser. So what do you do? Do you just like hang out on Zillow all day? Just like looking at houses? Is that, and I'm like, no, that's like only 25% of what I do. No, it's, you know, no, that's not what you do. But it, it, what that gets at is people are thinking, well, how do you know what to ask somebody for? Is it just their house or what their job is? Or, you know, I've, it, this comes up all the time. So that's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about well, what does that look like? Because there really is a science and an art to development and fundraising. And so the question is, what things do you need to consider if you're going to ask them? And do you take it in steps? Yeah. Do You mean like, do I have steps? Yeah. Do you have like steps that you go through to try and figure out, you know, what a reasonable Yeah, I guess so. Be? I guess so. I don't have, I wouldn't say that I ever, I guess I thought of them as like the five keys of success. It's more just things that I always look at when I try to start thinking, okay, we need to go present a proposal and ask them to consider something. How much? How much do you ask them for? So this is this is kind of what I look at. Okay. Yeah. So the first thing is just in general, I mean, yes, you do think of what is somebody's total known assets. You know, their what job kind of job do they have? What kind of house do they have? I mean, those are basic and we could get into the weeds. I don't want to, but there, there's you know wealth screening softwares out there that most people have. I know that we use Razor's Edge, um, and they have a a paired up software called Research Point, and it, and 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 you've used that, Greg, right? And and so it and it kind of gives you an idea of of you know what yeah if if somebody if you have the right address for them, it might pull what their house is worth. Um, typically, I don't actually see a lot of incomes, but I'll be honest, I don't really like that as a sole method of figuring out what somebody has because so often you have bad data or it pulls it wrong. And sometimes the people that you're looking at don't end up actually having as many assets as you think they do, or they might even have more assets than what it says that they have, right? Because right. a lot of times, some people are very good at hiding their 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 wealth, you know, they don't want that out there and that's, man, that's fine. But so anyway, so th- other things you can look at, I mean, you, you do want to look at what kind of work do they do? Um, what kind of income would that have? Like those are real factors. The other thing, and this is, you know, honestly, it's, it's pretty easy for, you know, anybody to kind of get a general sense of like, okay, what's their job? What's their house? Those kind of things. The bigger thing you need to also look at is the second kind of thing is what's their history of giving? How much are are they a giver? How much do they give away? And the only way to find out a lot of these kind of questions, again, sometimes there's softwares that can help you a little bit or everyone knows the obvious if it's in the paper, you know, they gave a million dollars over there, you know, and I, I've, I've talked about that in other episodes. I don't really like that. You know, it's kind of like, it makes me think of, um, you ever remember that, that scene from like Beauty and the Beast where it's, 
you know, Gaston is there talking to his little friend Lafoe, and he's like, you see her? She's the most beautiful girl in town. That's who I'm going to ask, you know? And it's kind of like, you see them? They're the richest donor in town. Well, and then he's like, that's the one I'm going to ask to support us, the richest man in town. You know, that's that's all people look at. And you really, you really have to go meet them and, and understand this question, not just do they have assets, do they have a large, you know, net worth, do they give? And the only way to know that is to go meet them and to start asking good questions. So, Right, but, but uh, I think it's important here to make a distinction between the capacity to give that they might have and then their propensity to give. Because those are two Kind of their things. desire. Their desires, right. Because what I'm first of all interested in is how much money do they have? Regardless of whether they give it away or not, I just want to know how much money they have. Mm-hmm. Then I want to know what their propensity to give is. Why is that? Why do I approach it that way? Because you and I, as development professionals, we have no ability to change how much money is in their bank account. Yep. We cannot control that. Can't. The only thing we can control is whether or not they choose to invest in our particular project, right? Mm-hmm. So I try and separate those two issues out, and I would rather spend time on somebody who has a great ability to give but a low propensity right mm-hmm. that somebody that's got a high propensity to give but the best that he might do is a you know $5, yeah oh yeah gift, yeah right? uh, no absolutely fair point greg and, and and i'm glad that you brought that up because yes at the end of the day um you're right it, it we've talked about that it's it's as easy to get you know they say a million dollars from someone who can afford to give it as it is to get a thousand dollars from someone who can afford to give it right. So you do have to focus and say what's their overall assets. And one of the formulas that I've used in the past and, and can sometimes be helpful is if you are looking for a technical thing, um, is taking uh, somebody's known real real estate holdings. You know, taking that times five, and then I think um, uh, taking taking that uh, times point zero five. So then you kind of get a general sense of what their overall assets are. And then you get like about 5% of that, which is the most that they're going to give away. And so that that usually sometimes gives you like a rough number. Right. So you've got these rules of thumb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have things like that. And and people can look that up and find that. And so you're right, Greg. Start with that. Start with just seeing in general, yes, you have to find somebody that has the kind of of assets to make a major gift. Right. And so when I'm doing um, screening and rating, when I'm trying to develop a list of major gift prospects, um, let's say I'm talking with the development director for a particular organization, and he, he says, well, you know, maybe we should go visit with uh, Mr. Jones. I say, well, what does Mr. Jones do? He says, well, he's a lawyer. And then he goes on to talk about the next name. And I'm thinking, wait, stop, stop right there. The guy's a lawyer. What kind of lawyer is he? Who does he work for? Is it, you know, mm-hmm. Billy, is he a partner? Uh, yeah, yeah he... Billy Bob PA in, in, in a strip mall in, in <laughs> yeah. In, in Fairfield, Billy Bob PA, people. yeah, in, in in Fairfield, you know, West Virginia, or does he work for you know Jones Walker in you know right, Dallas, right. Texas, or one of the outlets there? And then if I find out that well, he works for one of the bigger firms, okay, well now you know now we're getting somewhere. Now we're getting somewhere. That's that that sparks my interest. And then the next question is, well, how long has he been there? How old is the guy? And is he a partner? Right. So that's like the takes to the next level. And then mm-hmm. the third question I would ask is. You know, so now we give them a, a target code of maybe fifty or hundred thousand dollars or something like that, or maybe yeah. more. You know, but we still don't know what their propensity is. He, he may have given to the. 
Yeah. That's the annual fund, but we don't know the propensity. But at this point, we don't need to know the propensity. We'll find out when we call him for an appointment whether he right, says yes right. or no, right? Yeah, you're right, Greg. Because, I mean, if you're, if you're looking at you have a database, let's just say, like, clean 10,000 names – I mean, you don't have time to call 10,000 people, but you have to generally get, you know, a sense of, yeah, who has the the, the 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 income and the assets to start from there and see, you know, what's their, you know, ability to give that way. And then from there, you're right. Exactly. And then get into, the, you know, like how you put it, the propensity to give. And so that's, that's what the next part of this uh, or the next um, kind of point I had, which is going to meet them because you really, and that's why often you know, we say don't ask for their biggest gift they've ever made on your first visit. And a lot of times it's because you actually don't know what the right kind of ask is yet. When you say, how much should we ask for? You could go in there and have a ballpark, but you might find things out and that's what you need to pay attention for. That's your job as a fundraiser is to go talk with them and start asking good questions like, what charities do you support? Um, you could, and I've honestly, I've had, you know, I've asked questions like, how much do you try to give away on a yearly basis? Really? And yeah. And even uh, another question is, um, you know, can I ask what's the largest gift you've ever made and asking questions like that. And, you know, surprisingly, yeah, people will tend to, to answer that. And because I'm asking it because honestly, I don't want to, I don't want to waste their time and I want to respect them and, and not come to them with some proposal that's just so outlandish and outside of where they're at right now in their life. Um, see, when you couch it in those terms, I can see asking the question. Yeah. But to just come out of, out of the blue and say, hey, <laughs> how are you? What's the biggest thing yeah, you've and ever the, made? No, you got to couch it. You know, we, we want to make a reasonable ask. Yeah. Right? I mean, that that's 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 the, the impetus yeah. For asking about the biggest gift they've yeah. ever made. And just listening for things, you know, so what will come up in a conversation is people might say, oh, yeah, you know, we supported uh, the United Way. We gave them a big gift. I almost always will ask after that and say, well, that's awesome. And I am. I'm genuinely curious because I'm, a, you know, in philanthropy. I'm in fundraising. And I'll be like, I'm, I'm always, you know, inspired and excited by generosity. Can I ask, what, what do you mean when you say big? And then you find out because... Because they might say big and you're thinking, wow, you go, because if you don't ask, you go back home and you go back or you go back to the office and you're thinking, wow, they gave a big gift. But then you ask them and, and they might say, yeah, it was $50,000. And you're like, wow, okay, they're thinking bigger. Or they say big and they're like, well, we gave them 250 bucks. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, that's a different kind of big we're talking about. Mm-hmm. You need to know that as a fundraiser. So these are the questions you need to ask, right? Okay. So... The keys there are the same keys that are always good. You need to ask good questions. You need to listen and actually hear the response. Don't just ask. And then you need to pay attention to to kind of the nonverbals and what else is there. I've heard it put, you know, you like you walk in, who's the, what pictures are up on there? All these things matter. Like, do they have kids in college? That's a, that, that gets into their ability to give. Do they have, oh, that's, what's that? Oh, that's a picture of my airplane. I fly that. Oh, what is it? Oh, it's just, you know, a golf stream. And you're like, hang on a minute. Like we're talking way different here. (laughs) You know, it's like, I came here with a $2,500 proposal. Okay. That's going in the trash. Um, these are, you know, you need to pay attention to what's what's around you. And then the other thing you need to talk about, Greg, is like what's and I know you're going to have something to say too later on here. But this but I'll start it with this. What's their passion for your cause? And that is why they might not be ready. Like how much should you ask? It might look different today than it will in 12 months. And so when I come for that first visit, I need to figure out how passionate they are right now. 
And if their passion is, I'm open to it, but I'm not that passionate yet. Well, great. Now you have an opportunity to um, sell them on your cause, to explain why this is the best place for them to invest and to ask. And when we set goals at the beginning of the year, we really try to um, challenge ourselves because it's so tempting. You might see somebody with a ton of wealth, but then you say, they don't even know us. And so what's tempting is to go, well, they're going to give us like nothing, but you're looking at what they're going to give you today. You're not looking at what they could give you in 12 months if you do your job right. So we always try to look at if we did what we're supposed to do, where would they be in 12 months? And that's when we start to set. um, Okay. So for the sake of our listeners, let me throw throw a a hypothetical at you. Yeah. So um, there's a gentleman in your database, Brian. And he's been giving you $1,000 a year for the last seven years. He owns a business. He has 150 employees. He's in, in manufacturing. He's doing very, very well. And he lives in uh, rural North Dakota. Mm-hmm. And um, he owns a business. It's been a family business for two generations. He's got uh, four kids and lots of grandkids. They're all kids all and grandkids. Grown. All grown, right? So um, how do you put a number on that? You know, so he's, he's been very loyal to you for the last seven years, but never gave more than a thousand bucks because that's all he asked for the annual fund. And now you got a multi-million dollar capital campaign. Right? How do you know? I was going to well, say on the trip out to <laughs> on the trip out to Devil's Lake, oh, North Dakota. Oh, you're not. What's yeah, the that's not even real mind? enough. You need to be like, as you're going out to uh, to Portal, Portal, North Dakota, Portal, on the border of Canada. Yeah. Okay. My first thing is Brian. He's giving you $1,000 every year for seven years. Why have I not met this guy before? Why have I not seen it? That's the first thing I'm thinking of. But then how do you how do you start? Well, the first thing, again, I look at is you you obviously stated what his company was, how many employees that he had. Um, I usually will search that online because a lot of times what happens is you have a site like Manta or something like that that'll give you a general, like what was the, what was the um, uh revenue of the company and then you kind of look at so that. the revenue was seven million dollars oh the revenue yeah so then so i, I, I kind of do what's the number we put on the table yeah well i'd like to point out to you know you out there that uh greg and i are drinking and so <laughs> no i just want to know <laughs> no i'm i'm trying to i'm trying to listen from the perspective of yeah the listener no no and, and i'm i'm letting them question. i'm letting them know that the reason i missed that part of when you said how much it was is because i'm i have oh, my okay. delicious craft brew here but uh, so I take that and I usually will say, okay, if you're an owner, if you, so, does he own the company, which I, you yes. can look and see that, then I would say I usually, an owner is probably going to at least make 4% of whatever the revenue is. That would be his take home is kind of my general rule of thumb. So I would start with that. And then, um, and then again, I'm going to go out and see that guy and I'm going to ask the questions I just stated before and try to figure out what, it, how much giving he really does. And then, um, yeah, how much am I going to ask that guy for? I'm probably going to at least ask for a six-figure gift. I mean, honestly. Correct. That's the correct answer I was looking for. Yeah. Okay, you know how I knew that, Brian? How great. Gut. <laughs> it's the gut, yeah. Well, no, on- but listen, it is the gut. Because, you know, after you do something a lot, and you kind of get a sense as yeah. to here's the yeah. circumstances, this is about a right ballpark. At the end of the day, I come up with numbers so fast it's make your head spin. Yeah, you just, you can tell me just a few facts about the situation, and I come up with the numbers. And you're like six figure, yeah. That's probably at least a that's got to be at least a six figure. At least, guy. yeah. And then if you start to dive into it, you might be surprised. Yeah, 
I know. So th- there are those shockers um, that surprise you what they can give. But yeah, you're totally right with um, there. there is kind of a gut and you just have to keep doing it. And honestly, being a part of a major capital campaign like we're doing at the Newman Center, we I've just seen too many times where you were blown away by somebody who digs and does all they can and you and give 75,000 and you would have never known that, that I tend to ask pretty high. I will, I will always err on asking. I will always, I've experienced this. (laughs) I'll always err on asking. high. Brian asked me for three times what I was prepared to say yes to. And he said, what is wrong with you? Uh, so I, I, no, I actually, I was, uh, I was impressed. You thought I had that kind of money. I, yeah. I mean, I, I, you can, I, I don't think this is always true guys, but I do know that you, if you tend to ask high, they might say, no, I can't do that, but they'll, they'll consider what they can do, but you'll always regret more asking way low. Um, and then they're like, yeah, okay. You know, I'll tell you the one thing that just irks me. Okay. There's a lot of consultants out there that have told people I've worked with, Mm-hmm. Um, figure out what you think the guy will give, double it. He'll have it. You'll he'll he'll take that number, cut it in half, and you'll have what you what you oh, want. Oh yeah, I hate that. That too. just seems so manipulative. No, I yeah, so shallow. Yeah, or so unintelligent. Sigmund Freud rose from the dead because he's so excited about the yeah. psychology of what you just thought of. No, I I agree. I hate that too. Where I don't like to say, we'll just ask for double it, and we know we'll get half of that. I hate that. Um, but I, I always ask like, what's the top of what I think they could give? And that's where it's I would probably usually a range. Ask. So you can, you can actually ask for a range, you know, would you consider a gift somewhere in, in this neck of the mm-hmm. woods between 100 and 250? Yeah. And then justify why you're asking for that number, right? Well, and you, we need six people at that level to make all, to make the math right. work, right? As long as you can come up with a reasonable explanation for why you're asking for what you're asking for and why, and the part that he's going to play in that overall giving pyramid mm-hmm. Then there's it kind of makes sense, I think, to a person as to why he's asking me for this yeah. particular number. And that gets to my next point. Am I interrupting you, by the way? No, I've got, great. People want to hear what you have to say, well, too. You I'm know? just saying. I, I've, I've never understood why we ask for these really clean, nice, round numbers. Let me explain what I mean by that. Let's say that you've got a, yeah, a $7 million capital campaign, right? And you've got four of the seven raised. You need three more. And left on the prospect list, a bunch of little guys at the ten and $25,000 level, which if you're trying to reach $3 million in ten and $25,000 gifts... It's going to take a while. It's yeah. going to take a long time, right? But the good news is you've got three potential million-dollar prospects left. For whatever reason, they're left over. So somehow between those three people, you probably are going to need $3 million. Right. So each of them can do a million. One guy can do a half. The other dude can do... Two, a collective two and a half. Somehow that math between those three people has to come out to be $3 million, right? right? Right. To my way of thinking, if you can explain that to people, listen, we've raised this amount of money. We've got that to go. We've, you know, we're down to a few influential people that can make this project a success. Yes. We're hoping you might be one of the three that can get this done. We're looking for a collective $3 million from three people. Is there a chunk of that that you can do, whether it be half a million, 1.5 million? You tell me what chunk of that you might be able to do, mm-hmm. right? You mm-hmm. might consider, I'm not even going to take a pledge at this point. I'll just put that in my back pocket. I'll go talk to the other guy. And let's just see if privately, I'm not going to say who said what, but privately, if between the three of you, we can find, and I'll be the 
agent, if you will, between trying to negotiate this out. But let me see if I can't find $3 million between the three of you. Who else? Wow. Who else is in there? Who, is, yeah. who, who else are you going to? Oh talking? yeah, yeah. Then, well, yeah. well, you know. In, in but the, yeah, you kind of give them a range. Like I need, yeah. to, I need to accomplish three. Right. You know. And then, then I'm going to say, well, you know, Johnny Johnson and and, yeah. and, and Billy Bill is is, is the, the other two people I'm going to talk to. Right? <laughs> We're like Mr. Jones. And, and Billy, the thing is, you know, know and, and, and the thing is, they, that the first person probably knows the, the next two people too. My point is, it turns into a grand negotiation. If one of those three people is excited about yeah. the project and willing to pony up big time, he can then become your ally and help yeah. with the other two. I, he can say to the other guys, "Come on, <coughs> come on, guys, let's just get this done yeah. for poor O'Brien." Right. Well, and I and I think with the right kind of people that maybe they're they've given before to your cause or the right established givers, that could be an awesome strategy. I totally agree with that. I do think though that you need to one thing you have to do is I I do like presenting a specific number sometimes, especially if you're dealing with someone that this might be asking them for a bigger gift than they've ever given, because if again if you if you say a range. Or if you say, you know, we knew to accomplish a certain amount and they might go, oh, well, I'll chip in, you know, like 50,000 of that. They might completely devastate you by a low answer. But if you say, honestly, I wanted to ask if you would consider at least a half a million dollars right, or more, right. then that opens. Then they're like, whoa, you're OK, because sometimes they're not even thinking as big as you are. So you have to understand they might not be on the same page as you. Well, sure. yeah. And so so I would say that. But that really covers most of what I wanted to say about it. So kind of recapping it, you need to know. What their general overall assets, income, wealth are, yes. And then from there, once you know who those kind of people are, you sort that by going and looking at what's their history of giving, um, asking good questions about how much they give away, um, the largest commitments that they've made. And then, um, like you said, Greg, being able to um, make that ask. And sometimes that looks like a range and sometimes that looks like a specific number. Um, you don't want to insult them by asking low, but you also don't want to be, uh, I guess, what we both don't like and just double whatever you want just to try to get a ridiculously high number. You want to set a good number um, that is a challenge for them and a great gift for your organization. Right. And the last point that I made was one of the considerations and how much to ask for is how much you need and how many prospects you have left at the top of the pyramid that can possibly get you to goal. Yeah. I mean, if you ask, if you got $3 million prospects left and you ask for a quarter million dollars from each because you think that's an easy ask and an easy get. Sure. Well, great. So now I've got $750,000. But and I still got to go. I'm right. still, I'm two and a quarter yeah. short. Now the project sits idle for. Yeah, it, for it, two it years. does matter what you need. Yeah. Yeah. It absolutely matters what you need. Okay, kids, let's wrap it up. Let's wrap it up there. Don't remember to keep, uh, go out there, guys, and just ask. All right. Thanks, guys. 